Hey, everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson, and I'll be your host today. And I'm joined with three of my great friends Mr. Joe Crab, Miss Kim Schuler. Oh, oh, wow. That's Ms. it. Welcome to Multi Multi. We're keeping you on your toes. Okay, you're done. Miss Kim Schuler. <laughs> yeah. Hi, and EJ. So good wow, to be here today. Here we go. And uh, Mr. Trevor Callis, who we're so thankful for um, just helping us with all of our tech stuff here in the back end. Hopefully, uh, we sound wonderful to you. Um, and we're just thankful that you guys are joining in today. If it's the first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We're so blessed that you guys are here and we feel it. We feel that it's a huge privilege that you would listen in. Would you, um, after the episode, go ahead and leave us a review? And uh, if you felt it worthy, would you leave us a, a review, a five-star review even oh, with please. that? Let's go. Come on. Mm-hmm. I'll ask for it. And would you share the podcast as well with someone, um, especially today's, because I think we're talking about a subject that all of us in multi-site ministry are not only concerned with, but is also something that uh, for all of us, we've I'm going to go out and just say struggled with. Hmm. And I think for the vast majority of churches that I've had an opportunity to work with, they um, they are struggling with that. And that's high school ministry and engaging high schoolers week in and week out through ministry, not just special events, although those are a huge part of it. And we'll probably dive into that some. But how are we um, engaging them in the weekly uh, ministry? Yeah, I agree. I think when we have conversations with individuals across uh, the country, uh, not even just with a multi-site context, but a student ministry at large, you read books like Meet Gen Z or just listen to other podcasts like Rethink and so on. It is. It's uh, a lot of people would say, oh, I feel like my middle school ministry is going well. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, it can be kind of tough. And some maybe are healthier than others. And I think that for all of us, there's at least a good unrest that we should have in asking ourselves the question of what am I actively doing and looking to improve upon doing when it comes to reaching the next generation for the gospel with the gospel. So that's a, that's true. EJ. I think we're really seeing that pattern across the board. And I think one of the things is, is, you know, a lot of our programming um, within student ministry, uh, we've for most churches, they've done a great job within, um, you know, doing a bunch of fun stuff. But when yeah. it gets into high school, that has to change stuff. Uh, some, not that we don't want to have fun stuff still, but it's got to be the right type of fun. And it's got to engage them in a way that they feel like they can not only invite their friends to it, but if they are going to post about it or they are going to be involved with it, that it's um, it's relevant it's real and um, it's just really good. And I think that's one of the advantages over the last few years as we've been um, just chiseling away at high school ministry and making it better that um, we've been able to to dive into. Uh, Joe Kim, I know that um, for us overall, what would you say holistically in student ministry is our high school um, percentage of attendance. So if we're, are we a 50-50 split middle school, high school across our campuses? Is it, you know, 80% middle school, 20% of uh, high school? Where are we at? On my end, my campus here, uh, uh, again, so I'm at our Troy campus, which is our largest campus. It was our first campus. When we ran a main campus model, it was the resourcing campus. So yep. uh, a bunch of a bunch of names there. Uh, I would say we're probably at a 60-40 okay. middle school. Okay. Middle school to, to high school. I think that if you were to ask us, 
four or five years ago, EJ, yeah. when you came on even, I would say maybe it felt at times like 70, 30. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're seeing some some growth, some trajectory in that way. You were, have been a huge part of uh, creating a healthy culture um, for sure at this campus and then across the campuses and, and changing that trajectory. But And I think we've seen it has taken four or five years and it's been incremental, but that's what you know, time, time builds trust. So. Kim, what would you say overall at all of our campuses? Similar? I would say very similar. It reflects closely. Uh, just looking at like retreat numbers and everything like that, you know, almost um, 500, 550 middle school students and then about 450 or so high school students, um, you know, over the past year or two. And so you can see the about 60, 40, you know, roughly around there across all the campuses definitely a higher engagement of middle school students and um yeah figuring out the high school years and how to best serve and bring those students along and engage them yeah what do you why do you guys feel like it's so hard to engage high school students within the ministry context these days I think there's a number of reasons. It's a loaded question, and I'm glad that you asked it because it's it's a hard question, and we need to be willing to ask ourselves the hard questions and, and so take a long, hard look in the mirror. Because I think that's where it starts. I think that um, culture changes rapidly, mm -hmm. and we change slowly. Okay. I think there's some good within that in regard to not just, you know, blowing around with the times and feeling like, okay, Absolutely. this week i got to do a fun series about Snapchat, and the next week i no, I, I get that. And, you know, you need a we, consistent foundation. Yeah, we preach a timeless gospel, preach a timeless truth about a timeless God uh, who is always faithful. But the the so the message doesn't change, but the approach needs to change. And now that doesn't mean you you water it down. It means that you are realistic. I, I think some people feel like accidentally puff themselves up with a sense of arrogance that like, well, no, I mean, I, I have to speak about it in this way and this tone and say these things. If I do, I'm watering it down. And I actually, I don't think that you see that in the gospel, in the way that Jesus teaches. Right. Um, Jesus always is mindful of the context in which he's teaching. That's why oftentimes he uses parables that parallel the people in his audience or the setting that he's in. It was the he was preaching and teaching to a context, and it's I think for us, it's bridging the context of what Scripture says accurately, and then accurately. Um, teaching it in the context of ministry you find ourselves in. So I think that's one of the reasons why I think that we are using dated models and our models are getting dated a lot quicker than they did 10 years ago. Joe, I think what you said is so key and important because even when EJ asked the question, my first thought or answer in my head was, well, they're adolescents, they're students, they're figuring their lives out, like they're figuring out who they are. And I put it all on them, right? Where you point out the fact that, no, as a church, as a ministry, we need to look at what we are doing in the mirror um, to see if we are serving the culture, serving the context, serving the community, the individuals we are reaching out to where they're at. And and I think, you know, Joe, as you say, and Kim as well, where they're at, and then Joe with the approach, the years, you know, you said, you mentioned 10 years. Yeah. You know, and, and for some of us in multi-site, 
because of how hard it is to move the Titanic, you know, or yeah. a cruise ship, it is that 10 year move and our approaches are so behind that mm. it is really tough to, to engage those high school students. I think one of the best yeah. ways to evaluate it though, or to look at it is what are the felt needs of those high schoolers. And that's something we talk about a, a lot around here. And it's been one of the ways that we've increased our engagement uh, with high schoolers. So why don't you guys talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and I do want to make sure, and we, we talk about this all the time on the podcast as well, of you know, we know that we're not, um, we, we aren't doing this perfectly. We're not saying that we're the, the no expert way. voice here. You know, we want to we want to share out of the mistakes that we've learned and sometimes the things that we've just mistakenly became good at uh, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, so in this, like I'm preaching to myself, when I say what I said earlier, that's also applies to, to me. And I think that's where the answer comes from is just a season of evaluation of how are we being the best um, stewards and being best responsible with what we are with what we are doing. And so, um, EJ, you you had talked about felt needs. Will you, refra- will you share that one more time with me? Yeah, so, so one of the ways that we've increased engagement with our high schoolers is understanding the needs or the felt needs that they have. How have we identified those and then how have we done it? Yeah, I think um, I think that ways that we have done it and ways that uh, we can grow in doing it, uh, I think it's twofold. One, I think ways we've done it is, again, the best way to do anything and understanding who, who you're spending time with. That's by spending time with them. Uh, I think it always has to come from an attitude of humility. You have to remember you don't know everything about everyone. Right. And you don't know everything about this generation, especially a generation that is very fluid in a lot of ways. And it can change rapidly. And it's only changing all the more rapidly, especially as different laws are put into place. I was at the oh, gas yeah. station the other day. I walked right in and you know I could have grabbed some edible gummies to help mellow me out that have CBD oil in them. Huh. And so I remember, you know, EJ, you and I, we, we graduated high school in 2003. Right. And that was when you'd walk up to the gas station and hope that the guy would sell you a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Uh, you know, these students nowadays, they can... They have access to a whole lot. They have access to... Essentially, they have almost somewhat legal access to marijuana. Now, people would say, well, well they're not supposed to be able to buy it. They're supposed to be 21. But Same it's, with alcohol and tobacco. But it's being now sold in a Correct. store that they go and buy it as opposed to meeting some dude in a random parking lot in a car. So, like, that's a drastic culture change. Uh, so I think it's having an attitude of humility, uh, being an observer of the culture, being an engager of a culture. You know, that's n- not in the whole, like, um, it, what's that old saying? Be in the world, not, not of, of the, the world. world. Mm. Yeah, is that even is that real quick? Is that biblical? <laughs> I, I think it's based off of Romans twelve. Okay, re- yeah, I've right? always I, that's you're right. You're you're right. I'll but, probably edit that part out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. uh, EJ's googling right now. Romans twelve one through yeah, two. Yeah, there's I think. nothing. But I mean, I think that's the nice yeah. thing is that like. Social media allows us to, to, to get a glimpse of that. Um, you catch a glimpse of it. So, and you only get a certain part of it, right? I think we all know that like what you see on Instagram is not what lives on Snapchat or, or on their Finstas or uh, in text messages. And I, so I think you just need to be mindful of that. I think that what often happens, though, is that we feel like we really have to like know Instagram. We really have to know Marvel movies. We really have to know Fortnite. And we really don't need to know those things. We need to know about those things. But what we need to know is how those things 
affect those that we are ministering to? What are the relational nuances? How does that affect their day-to-day life? How does that affect their peer relationships? How does that affect their parent or the parental relationships? How does that affect their understanding of the church and who God is? And so I think that we have to really be students uh, ourselves in that. And one of the ways I think that we need to grow in that, I know for me personally, is uh, just further consistent engagement and communication with parents. Because I, I I feel like I can in somewhat confidence, as a, probably a lot of our listeners can say, is that I, I get it a little bit better from a student perspective or a lot better from a student perspective and a leader perspective. Um, but I only give it decently, if at all well, from a parent's perspective. And so how do I, I do it? Because those conversations are far different than the ones that we're having or small group leaders are having. So kind of a long answer, a little loaded answer. We kind of got into some deep theology about an old Christian saying, but here we are back on top of the rabbit hole. So Kim, how would you say um, we're discovering those felt needs? I think through definitely our small group leaders, um, if you think through and what Joe said too, to the parents aspect, who are the individuals spending the most time with the students within the church walls? But again, that's just within the church walls and we need to go outside of here. Um, So I think that's one outlet is really identifying and leveraging the relationships with the small group leaders and the parents um, because they are the ones who have the hands-on ministry or they are spending many, many days, years with students. Um, But outside of here, we need to be involved in our community, in our context where we serve. Um, We need to go outside of these walls and um, engage with students where they're at Uh, Because if we don't do that, we're not going to know how to best serve them in the midst of high school, in the midst of adolescence. Um, So it's it's not only within these walls knowing and getting a pulse on culture, on students. It's outside of here so that we can, you know, bring them in. I think one of the biggest tension points that I found myself in this last season is I think a lot of people who are hearing what we're saying in a lot of ways would agree. You know, they'd all say, yeah, I got to spend more time in schools. I got to go to more games. I got to do this. And I think for some of them, maybe why they get discouraged, they're like, eh, is that they've done it. Maybe they just haven't felt like they've seen fruit from it. Or, um, again, they just feel like, man, I know I have to do it. And that's a good thing. They'll nod their head. Oh, yeah, man, we just really got to start getting into more getting into the schools. And then they just they don't do it. Right. Is I found myself for the last year or two with those types of things. It's been like, listen, I've been doing this for almost a decade. Um, I'm just getting tired of certain things being on my list every year when I'm doing an evaluation or at the end of every season and being like, Man, that's just not on my list. I, I like I, I didn't. We got to get back in schools. We got to do more with parents. We got to do dot dot dot. I think that you're for those of you who Nike's, are listening, you're taking are, the Nike slogan and putting it to yeah to you, use. Just you do just, it. I, I guess <laughs> I don't want to look back at my time in ministry and be like, yeah, you know, but I never did that. And the only reason why I never did that was honestly because of myself. I can get rid of. I can make all those excuses and say, well, there was just so much going on, and I had this, I had this. There's always going to be a lot going on, personally, professionally, pastorally, all, all across the board. At times, like if you really have a passion for it, and you really know that it's going to be make valuable, or if you don't even know if it's going to be valuable, but you just know that you should step into it, just do it. Yeah. Or bring some along 
someone alongside of you to do it or give ownership to someone and do it together um, because we are one person and we cannot do everything, but we know there is a value and a need. So if there is that felt need, then what are we doing about it? Yeah, I, I think I think for every different uh, multi-site, there's a different context within that. One of the things that I think we need to be talking about in this episode is, you know, we, we always, especially when we get in the room with other um, people who are doing high school ministry, whatever, you know, wherever it is at, multi-site or not multi-site, we say, oh yeah, you know, my students are really bought into this. My students aren't bought into this at all. How do you guys... Um, how do you guys see them gaining ownership or, um, you know, how are we gaining the buy-in from high schoolers right now? I think uh, one of the, the best ways that each and every one of us can do it in regardless of size, context, campus, uh, is consistently putting students in front of other students. Uh, okay, so unpack that. So for us, it's a value that every week when we gather for programming, that there is a student on stage. And so whether that leading be, worship, not just leading worship, because I think that's actually for us, it's a luxury we have and that it's like uh, we might have two, three students up there. Right. But I'll, I'd say verbally engaging with their peers. OK. Um, someone's like, well, you verbally express yourself in worship. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. they're talking and maybe that is a student who's leading worship and they share a bit of their story or something that God's been doing yeah, in and their a transition. life. And they, they, they use that to set up the next song. But like I, I, it's just like. I get it. So often, what's the, what's the biggest reason why we don't do it? We just don't have the time to. We don't think about it. We don't send that text. Like, it's not high enough authority within the structure of the yeah, service. Or We just have to start doing it. Like Students want to hear from other students. They set a great example to one another when they do so. Um, I've, I've found it as a way for us to honestly talk about community because I know at times some of the students who've gotten up there aren't perfect. Not that they're like, you know, living in sin air quotes there um but like i know that they might have had drama with somebody six months ago but it's just that reminder like guys we're imperfect but although we're imperfect we get to handle our conflict differently we get to handle forgiveness differently like you have conflict out in the world you have drama out in the world we're going to have conflict and drama in here but we get to handle it differently and so even inviting students up to be a part of that and then even hearing them express those same truths we all know it goes farther so like that's again it's a simple way but from having students at the front door when they walk in from having students up on stage like high school students need to be actively involved in different parts of your service and you need to start doing the work to make it a priority because I think what you see from that happening is the trickle effect of them sharing either with their friends at school or in their community, hey, I'm owning this, I'm doing this, here, c come and see me, come and watch me, come and hear me. Um, if they're you know, leading worship, if they're, we know we do own the nights where students take over the entire service and um, from announcements to the game to... Um, worship to speaking, it creates such a great opportunity for them to leverage or to invite their friends into this into this space, into this community, uh, because they're going to be the ones up in front influencing their peers. And so it just, it, I, I yeah, if, 
if you are not currently allowing students' voices to be heard in your context, but also to influence what is taking place weekly programming, but even beyond that, uh, it's so important that you create an outlet, a feedback loop, whatever you need to design for that to happen. I, you know, I think one of the things right now, we're talking philosophical. So I want to I switch it up here and talk a little bit practical for a minute or two. What do we see high school students in our context engaging the most in? Yeah, that's a really that's a really good question. I would say the things that I find our students getting most engaged and excited about are things that require them to, um, I don't know, think about other people. <laughs> like, okay. Be like out, be outside of themselves. So things the most are, engagement, the most yeah. engagement we have with high school students related to the cause of Christ is when they're they're serving other people. Yeah, so I see this multi, in multifaceted ways. Obviously, we see it in, in mission trips. Over the last three, four years, we've had more students than ever before, more high school students than ever before, go on mission trips. Uh, we've talked about it at length, about our, um, our week-long mission trip that we do called Hope Week that's coming back up. We filled up, like, to 80% within three days of being, of registration being wow. open. Yes, I'm nice. talking three and a half months out from it. I loved it too because I saw students posting on their Insta stories, like reminding their friends, like, encouraging their friends. You want to be, and then hearing stories from that. Yeah, my friend was asking me, what was, what's Hope Week? What's that all about? Right. Um, and then to like our, our school ambassadors, you know, this an initiative we started two years ago with the students, you know, uh, having a, a, a presence, an intentional presence in their school uh, to create a Christ Center community. And one of the first stories that ever came out from us doing school ambassadors is a young lady ran into two of her friends who were there to meet with administration about the uh, the club that they were going to start uh, at their school and to talk about how they wanted to bring bagels and everything to their teachers during one of the, the teacher prep days. And they're like, oh, what are you doing? And they told them about it. And she's like, yeah. oh, that's cool. Can I come? And this young lady came to the meeting, heard all about it, asked, what are you doing this for? Like, oh, we're doing this through our church, uh, everything. This is just what it's all about, school ambassadors, dot, dot, dot. And they're like, well, why don't you come to breakfast with us? Came to breakfast with them. Then she came, they came to a house group that these girls were a part of, that one of our small group leaders runs, uh, that like really her intention in running it is just to be a almost like a, a connection point for students who don't want to come to church yet, it's don't like feel comfortable. It's like an on-ramp for them. Oh, and it's such a, a an awesome community yeah. in so many ways. Uh, and then from there, they invited her to church. She came to Fall Retreat, and she came to know Christ as her Savior. And then a year later at Fall Retreat, I had I was baptizing her. Awesome. Uh, so like, cool. so it's like what? But what did it start with? Students who were excited about doing something bigger, something that maybe seemed daunting. Uh, think about it. Everything is so passively given to them. Yes, right at, at their, their hands, at, right at their thumbs. And now we're saying like, no. Now we need you to put that down or or use that and 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 be active challenge in them, it. challenge them in it. So those are some of the things that I've seen. Um, Do you guys, that I, I know. And Kim, this may be a central question. You know, at Woodside here, not all of our our campuses have worship every single week. And I've noticed, at least from, from my time at other churches, that when student ministries have worship, 
that I feel like their engagement with high schoolers actually increases. Is there, have we seen that holistically or would you, and again, I, I think I can say this, is the engagement better with high schoolers at, at a campus that does have worship? Because, I mean, I'm not saying that in a bad way for our campuses who don't. We would actually probably push them to do it. Absolutely. And is that the reason we would push it? Because we see the increase in high school students engaging when there is worship? I would definitely say when you have worship, you're creating a totally different atmosphere on the night of programming. You're giving them an opportunity to respond um, in worship and to worship our Lord and Savior. And I, I would, I think I, I, this is new. So like, I appreciate you saying this. So I'm, as I'm sharing, I'm also processing what you are asking, EJ. But I think I would agree with the fact that they can be easily correlated because I we see it at fall retreat yeah. or retreats and that's why we have an extra worship worship setting because often we hear of high school students wanting to worship further, wanting to have more songs or wanting to be able to just have a space where they can respond and um, what's been cool is even over the past year or two, we've seen a huge increase across the campuses in our high school environments now having worship. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's been, it's almost been a challenge to the uh, directors and pastors of like, how, what, what is that felt need or how are you bettering your environment, your programming in the next year? And a lot of it was, it was because of absence of worship. They needed to better that and really seek out other opportunities. Cause a lot of it, it can't always come down to that excuse of like, well, we don't have a worship guy. Okay. Well, what are you going to do about yeah. that? Yeah. Because if, you, if it's a value, you'll find a way to make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, one of the, um, yeah, cause I think one of the things as well that we see with students, like students love, love music. Students are, um, have more access to music than ever before with, with Spotify, YouTube, and so on. And so I think music's just another way for them to connect. Uh, I love a lot of the worship that's out there um, that does allow, uh, that just really reiterates the truth of Scripture. Because what it ends up doing is it gives another opportunity to teach uh, students about God. And so I, one of the things that I think is very key as you're looking to talk about engaging high school students and kind of goes back a little bit, EJ, to what you're saying, some, maybe some practical things, right. is that if you do have worship, and you're not even worship, I, if you're just in teaching, you have to be mindful of your language that you're using. Uh, so important. I, I'm currently editing um, and leaving notes on our sermon series for student ministries for next year. We've talked about this before. One of our values here at Woodside is to write all of our messages for next year, uh, a year ahead of time. Right. And so if you're curious about that, we have an earlier episode where we kind of talk through that whole process. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're not fluid and they don't change, you know, as the seasons come or situations arise and so on. But one of the common notes I continue to leave on each and every one of uh, you know, a lot of the messages is about language. It's about maybe words that students don't use. Give us an example there, Jar. Devotion. Joe. Yeah. Devotion. Okay. Sabbath. Sabbath. Salvation. Meditate. Even, even faith. 
Mm-hmm. So one of the lines in there was you know, talking Spirit. about growing in, in, in faith. That's an abstract thing. If you're sharing that line with a middle school student, it was a middle school message. It's like, do, what does that mean to them? What does that yeah, mean they, to they them? They may not they, understand that. Do they even know what faith is? Do they even know the importance of having faith? Do they even know that they can grow in faith? Like, and, and this is the other thing. I'm talking about students who believe in Jesus. Right. I'm not saying that like they might not have an an idea, but you know, one of the messages said Lord's Supper, and I just thought for a moment like about one of our seventh graders is like, when who ever taught them about the Lord's Supper, what that is and what that means, and not saying that it couldn't have happened, but I cannot assume that it has happened. As you look at you know the rise of religious nuns, you you read all about Gen Z and how a lot of them in a lot of ways are a blank slate. I think that's what Tim, Tim Elmore says. Yeah. Because they come from a household that's a religious nuns, they don't have um, they don't have an the, experience the bas- in the church. The background, yeah. Not even, so it's, it kind of works in a benefit if a lot of times we, as millennials, have worked out of a, a notion from our own experience that perhaps those that we're ministering to have had a bad experience in the church. So we want to create a positive experience that kind of changes that narrative that brings about healing, that points them back to the hope that they have in Jesus Christ of, hey, this is who the church is. And there's still some of that truth, perhaps, for some of these students. But the the great thing is, is maybe something never have been burned by the church because of the sad reality of they've never really been in church. So how are we educating them to to, I like how Justin Knowles ch- says it, like, how to church. Like, mm. they don't know how to church. And sometimes just simple definitions. Whether, you know, I think some yeah. of the reason as, you know, preachers or teachers we don't do that is because we don't want to, we don't we don't want the people who know church or think they know church to be like, oh, why is he even talking about that? Well, the reality is, is you could quite possibly, and I'll even say you should be, during those seasons going in and saying, hey, these are the definitions. Let me either enhance your definition of the Lord's Supper or let me explain it to you for the very first time. And that only helps our our students to grow. And I definitely think it helps them engage in the messages and walking away with something to go, oh yeah, this is valuable to me. And and I... I don't think that it's like adding 20 minutes of like definition and exposition no. onto your message. It's just like, hey, if you... if. If you're going to use the word devotion because that's the word that you want them to, to, to leave with, then make sure that you explain it. Give them some, like, give them handlebars to actually hold on to it, you know, walk away with it. And so don't just put the word devotion up on the, the screen, put the definition and make it a sticky statement, make it familiar. Or if you're like, you know what, it doesn't have to be the word devotion, it could be the word commitment it could be the word it could be the phrase bought in it could be you know like whatever it might be that helps them hold on to that i just think that we have to be aware of the language that we're using um because there are our our students in our environments believer and non-believer that i i think it's dangerous for us just to assume that they have a, a certain understanding of certain things but that's a, I see a lot with worship music because we sing a lot of great songs that if we just took a moment and give that 30-second verbal beforehand that says, you know, hey, we're about to sing the song Glorious Day. 
And it reminds me of this story in the book of John where Jesus calls Lazarus forward mm. and the, that means for us. And so like, so when we it get to that point, for when we talk about I ran out of that grave, our students already get hyped about singing I ran out of that grave. Now we're making it more hype because we're pointing it back to the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And so I, I think it's, that takes 30 seconds to do, but if we're not aware of doing it, then we fail to do it and we're not ultimately helping them grow and be engaged. Would you guys say that um, you could you could say if they're if they're not engaged, they're not understanding or if they're disengaged, they don't understand? Yeah, I, I would I think that that's a really good point that maybe reason why students are disengaged. Uh, a lot of times we point back to the realities, oh they're just they're busy, they've got this, they've got this, they got this. Well, maybe one of the reasons why they like doing those things is because they understand those things. Hmm. I mean, cuz it makes sense to them. Even if it doesn't fully make sense to to them as to what, like they just think that there's an importance to doing it. They think there's an importance for them to do um NHS I think there's importance for them to do AP classes. Now, many high school students don't listen to our podcast, so uh, we can drop the hard truth that a lot of times those things don't actually matter whatsoever, and they really have no greater bearing whether you're going to go to local university or out-of-state university or major university. Um, truth it, bomb. It doesn't yeah. really matter. <laughs> and so I really like hope that that continues to, to sink in. I think we're seeing a change in understanding that where they're like, for the millennial generation, if we're like, man, I've got 50K of school debt and no job, <laughs> and I really probably didn't need most of this education that I had. Um, so I, I, I think that that's a really good way. If you're sitting there confused for 45 minutes out of your night, and think about yeah. how many of them sat confused in yeah. a classroom yes, for yes, 45 yes. minutes at various periods. You know I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's a really really good insight how are we helping yeah. them to understand and again i look at how jesus taught i look at how paul taught paul taught a certain way to 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 people in different contexts look at even how peter taught to the the jews and how paul taught to those in mars hill it's like we've we've got to be mindful of our audience um because it's not about what we want. It's about what we want to give them. And that's a better understanding of who God is. Well, I think this has been a conversation that not only am I learning from, but I think that we're all learning together in. And that's, you know, honestly, one of our hopes in this podcast is learning alongside of other people. And we're, we're trying to figure it out. But we honestly, as a church here at Woodside, we need your guys' help too. So um, would you guys... If you're listening today, would you shoot us a line either on social or email Joe Kim, uh, myself, or uh, text one of us and just go through and say, hey, uh, this is how we're engaging students. Or we found that this actually has increased our uh, engagement with high school students. That would be a huge help to us as a ministry. And um, you guys could add some value back to us, which would be absolutely um, huge for our team to be able to grow from you guys as well. And um, we're thankful again that uh, we're doing this alongside of you guys and that we can share a bit of our voice and what we're learning and how God is using us here. But we want to hear that from you as well. Yes. So thanks so much uh, for listening today. Uh, we would love to hear from you uh, on any of our social channels. Joe, will you throw those out one more time for us? Yeah, we are multi-multi-pod on all of the socials. Uh, please, again, share, uh, like, subscribe, uh, rate. 
Uh, give us a five star. If you don't think we deserve a five star, give us a message and tell us why. We are open to your your, your feedback. And uh, if you're hearing this and you're like, man, I would love 10 minutes of any of your guys' time, 30 minutes of any of you guys' time. We can FaceTime in with your team, whatever it might be. We're here to, to do so. Uh, we want to learn from you and, and help you guys as you learn. So um, thanks, EJ. This has been good. By all means. Well done. Okay. We love you guys. God loves you more. Have an awesome day. Bye. Bye.